and welcome back to the battery with cap and pat hey guys finally back for another episode i know it's been a while um both of us have been extremely busy i know pat's in new ventures out in kentucky working at lake area academy uh, i've been wrapping up the season here at embry riddle mike's been in mississippi and we've all kind of gone our separate ways for a while but we're finally back together and for a pretty cool and important show that we got lined up here today and we're going to go over march madness we got some cool topics to talk about um without further ado i want to bring in my co-host patrick Arndt. pat how you doing good blake how you doing buddy uh pretty good just watched a interesting game between Rutgers and notre dame where Rutgers didn't have uh much of a clue on the inside in the paint uh don't know how to explain the four guys around a around a basket and some dude from Notre Dame, I think point guard, to be honest with you, comes from the top of the key and lays it in to end the game. But we're going to talk about stuff like that, bubble teams, uh, who we see in the final four, who end up winning it, easiest pass, who's going to get upset. We got a lot to talk about. First thing we're going to talk about today is, is, is those how these teams got selected and what the, and what the bubble teams really showed early so far in the first four, what teams have shown in the NIT. And what teams really haven't even had a chance yet and might be getting ready to play tomorrow, the 17th or the 18th. And I think the first team that most people thought were going to make the tournament was Texas A&M. And I, I was scrolling through Twitter last night and I saw an interesting tweet from Texas A&M and it was Buzz Williams' interview after their win last night in the first round of the NIT. I know you saw that, Pat, correct? Correct. And... I, I know I sent that to you, and, and the first thing you sent me back was that you just you should win more games. You shouldn't leave it into the committee's hands, and you won't have to worry about that. I can see where you're coming from that, and then, and then Coach Williams brought up some interesting points. He didn't really point out any teams that he felt that shouldn't be in the tournament rather than showing analytics from former, or I guess rather previous tournaments where their analytics and their stats matched up for them to be in the tournament. Now I look at, I look at their schedule. They went 24 and 12 in the sec or overall fifth in the sec. You look at some of their wins and what they did late. Of course they lost to Tennessee in the, in the sec championship game. But before that they had, they went on a run where they beat Georgia, Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi state, Florida, Auburn, Arkansas, all in a row. They hadn't lost since February 22nd, and their first loss came March 13th in the SEC championship against a very, very good Tennessee team. Now, in my opinion, I look at other teams in different conferences, like Wyoming or even a Michigan, where I look at the SEC and how that matches up against conferences like the Mountain West or the Big Ten. And I think, in my opinion, the SEC – much better this year, especially when you got teams like Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, teams that are in those those top four quadrants, Auburn, in those top four quadrants. And you look at a conference like the Big Ten, yes, they got some good teams in there, but the Mountain West, you put in a team like Wyoming that we make a joke about when we were watching them play UNLV that looks like they run the same play every single time in and time out. And they play a subpar Indiana team and don't really look good doing it. So leading into this, and what I'm going to ask you, Pat, is how do you feel about Texas A&M? How do you feel about what Coach Williams had to say 
last night? And do you think they got screwed over by not getting in this tournament? Yeah, man, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say they, you know, necessarily got screwed over, you know, after watching the, all the bubble games are over now. So after watching those, you know, I think they've all been pretty good to say the least, you know, you did state that the uh, Indiana team's pretty beaten down. They're not as good as they traditionally are. And with that being said, I believe that, you know, that game, I think we all knew Indiana was going to win. And Wyoming made a run in the second half to cut it down to one. And then Indiana just kind of took off and kept them an arm's length away. And to be honest with you, I don't, I think all the games besides the Rutgers and Notre Dame game, which was probably the best game out of the bubble games, were all pretty predictable. Um, I mean, everybody going into that game, it was a pick them. So, you know, it's, you know, you don't know what to expect, honestly. Um, and it showed. I mean, it was a great game. Almost should have gone into double overtime and or triple overtime. And, uh, you know, it was a good game to watch. And I think A&M, I think they made a push. But, you know, they started the season off strong and then they had a really bad drought. I mean, they I mean, they hit a rough spot and, yeah, they got hot in the tournament. Um, but like I told you yesterday, man, if you know, if it means that much to you, then tell your players to play better, I guess. I mean, I, that's the best thing I could say. It, I mean, you know, being collegiate athletes that we were, there's nothing really that, you know, you could change like they tried all they could and. I just don't think – I don't think it was enough. And truthfully, as a bubble team, yeah, I think you could have switched them out for Wyoming or someone like that who was picked to finish last in their conference going into the season and actually ended up having a fantastic year. I think an NIT berth for Wyoming would have been the proper result, especially after not winning their tournament. Um, and letting AM play Indiana, and I think AM would have destroyed Indiana. But – Ultimately, that's not how the committee saw it. So at the end of the day, you got to move on and you got to go try to win the NIT. Not invited tournament, baby. You know, I bring up the point, and I think what a lot you had to say was was good. I bring up the point where they won those eight straight games, leading with Georgia, ending with Arkansas, and end up losing to Tennessee. I think what the committee looks at and what you always usually hear by the guys at ESPN and, and heads of college basketball, people sometimes get a little too caught up on the conference tournaments. What they don't want to see, and what I think they made a point of out of Tennessee, is that the regular season matters. And in the regular season, from January 19th to February 12th, almost a full calendar month, they went winless and didn't really look good doing it. The only close game that I thought was really interesting – was on January 22nd when they lost by three in overtime at Arkansas. But other than that, they had chances against then 12th ranked Kentucky, did not do it at home. At Arkansas, at LSU, did not do it. At Tennessee, lost by 10. LSU and Auburn, once again, could not do it. They came down the stretch and they really played the bottom half end of the SEC in Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, who we saw by the entire league looked like they were getting beat up all year. And I can see, I can see it from both sides. The part I don't think I understand is the strength of schedule. You put a team in like Florida, who had a very subpar year, who I think found them their way into the NIT or Mississippi State. You put those teams in the Mountain West, and 
they do what Wyoming did this year, in my opinion, or what a Colorado, maybe not what Colorado State did. Colorado State's a very good team, and we'll talk about them later. But from a team that we felt was deserving to a team that we felt like didn't deserve it in the Michigan Wolverines. And what I think is really interesting, they're an 11 seed and match up against what I think might be the worst six seed in the tournament in Colorado State. I think if you really wanted to show Michigan any respect, or excuse me, Colorado State any respect, you don't put them against this team. And I think this is a bad matchup for them, especially the way Indiana was able to take down Wyoming. I think this is a bad, bad matchup for them. Unfortunately, I don't even think Michigan really deserved to even be in the tournament. Uh, on the way, on the way down to the schedule, they play 16th ranked Ohio State. They lose. They play 15th ranked Wisconsin. They lose. They play 15th ranked Illinois. They lose. And then they have a scrappy win in the conference tournament against Ohio State, who I think is going to have a struggle time with Loyola Chicago. With what their coach did in that Indiana game, I believe it was, or Wisconsin, was it Wisconsin or Indiana, Pat? The fight. I believe it was Wisconsin. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Wisconsin as well. With that, talking about Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard when he got yeah, started. that was the Wisconsin game. Okay, right. And you you reward a team like that after that that went three and four and lost to Indiana, about another bubble team, that they end up putting them in the first four, I don't understand it. What do you see coming out of that game, Pat, with, with, with Michigan and Colorado State? You know, I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw with Indiana versus Wyoming. I think you're going to see a lot of turnovers by CSU, and I think Michigan – they coasted through the regular season, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win pretty handily tomorrow against Colorado State. To be honest with you, I think they're uh, Hunter Dickinson down low. He's a, I mean, one of the top players in college basketball. And then you know if they if they play like, I mean, if they just play Big Ten basketball, which is good defense, pretty much it's just like football, just good defense. Um, I think you're gonna see them just pull away because Colorado state lives and dies by the three and they got the one big guy, Roddy. And without him, if he's not going, I mean, you throw Dickinson on him. I mean, that just shuts down their whole offense, man. And it's going to be, it's going to be a good game to watch. I hope because that's the first game of the official tournament, you know, not the bubble games like this where these teams are already in. Um, but going into it, I'm very, I'm leaning towards Michigan to just beat the crap out of them. You know, I look at conference comparisons, right? And you look at the Big Ten and what Rutgers was able to do tonight. Obviously, they they still lost at the buzzer there to Notre Dame. But you look at the effort that they had, and Michigan beat Rutgers a few weeks ago by 11 points, right? And then you look at what happened against Indiana and Wyoming against a somewhat better Colorado State team, obviously, right, with only five losses on the year. I don't I, – I, I think the talent that came out of the Big Ten this year 
a schedule where you had to play Purdue on the road. You had to play Iowa on the road. You had to play these type of teams, Ohio State, where I'm pretty sure like the Big Ten had like eight teams make the tournament or something crazy like that. The teams that these teams are facing day in and day out, UNLV, Air Force, the bottom of the barrel in college basketball, the talent's going to show, and I think it's going to show in the tournament, especially out of the Mountain West. Leading in from that, the last team I want to talk about is why Wyoming made the tournament. And I know we've been dissing on the Mountain West. We've been dissing on the Mountain West. And I want to see if you have anything you can say, Pat, to change my mind on why Wyoming made the tournament and Texas A&M didn't. Nope. Fair enough. I, I and See, I, I think most people saw that. And I think what Coach Williams is talking about in, in his postgame there and what, for some reason, some people had an issue with was that, yeah, okay, they might have five, six more wins in them, but look at the leagues they're playing in, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. I would have to agree. Well, I guess we'll move on from that, and we'll let's talk about the actual 64 teams that made this bracket and who's going to cut down the nets in New Orleans. Looking at the initial bracket, when I was watching the review on Sunday in the selection show, the first bracket they came out with was the number one overall seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And what I saw to the Gonzaga Bulldogs was a very, very tough region, in my opinion. You look at that region, you got Gonzaga, Boise State, Memphis, which is going to be a brutal game right off the jump. UConn, UConn a New Mexico State team that's always good. Arkansas and Vermont. Vermont's coming in only at a five-point underdog there, so that should be a really interesting game. I think Arkansas maybe still pulls away in that situation, but very good game. Alabama and what looked to be a pretty good Notre Dame team, especially if they can control the boards. Alabama, a team that just shoots threes out of the gym. If, they can, if, if they're just going to give up board after board after board, you never know. Texas Tech, who looks unreal, would, again, in the Big 12, which I think was the best conference in college basketball this year. Michigan State, Davidson, Duke. And I'll throw Cal State Fullerton in there, even though it's going to be a quick trip for them. I know you said earlier when we were talking, you feel like the West is the toughest bracket to come out of. Why do you think that? I think I, – I personally think that just because – I mean, up and down, I mean, you know, besides the Gonzaga versus Georgia State game, uh, Duke at Fullerton, I really think any of these games, and probably the Vermont and Arkansas game, I really think any of these other games can really go any way. And, I mean, Gonzaga advances to face either Boise or Memphis, and those teams are on. It's pretty hard to, uh, you know, beat one of them. And – you, then you, you're talking about a UConn team who can either be lights out or just god-awful. And you're talking about a New Mexico State team who they're coming out of the whack, represent. Um, you know, they, they were pretty good. I watched a couple of their games this year, and, you know, they were pretty good to watch. Uh, I think Vermont's getting a little overhyped personally. Uh, you know, they beat everybody by 30, but, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. You know, we're talking about – them playing schools like LIU, Brooklyn, and School of the Blind. And, you know, they're, they're winning every, you know, they're winning every game by 30 points. They won every game in their conference tournament by 30 points. Whereas Arkansas, you know, they had to face Bama, uh, you know, Bama, Texas, and, all, you know, all these SEC teams, and they were pretty good th throughout the whole year. 
So I think that game is going to be – I don't think it's going to be as close as a lot of people think. Uh, the Alabama-Notre Dame game I think can be a toss-up. I think Alabama, if they're hitting their threes, they could go to the final four. I mean, they could go to the final four and lose in the first round. Like, that, that's Bama. Um, Texas Tech should have no problem with Montana State. I think that'll be a lot closer than a lot of people believe. Um, Michigan State and Davidson, I think Davidson is going to pull the ups, upset off there. Uh, and then Duke, you know, Coach K's last season, expect them to get a lot of calls. And that's the only reason that if I had to put money down on a team to go to a lead eight or sweet 16, I'd probably pick Duke just because it's Coach K's last season. And I think NCAA is going to do whatever they can to get him in there. Here, here's my issue with Duke. I – I didn't like the way that the end of the year came down for them. Obviously, they yeah, they made the AC championship game. But they looked like a little bit of a different team after that North Carolina loss at home in Coach K's last game. I mean, you have to win that game for him. And then he has that, that saying at the end of the game where he says, yeah, this is all on me. This can't be on the players. But there's a lot of season left. It's interesting to me because I don't see them getting out of the Sweet 16. I think Texas Tech is a very, very dangerous team that can ultimately maybe even beat Gonzaga if Gonzaga finds their way past, which I see a Sweet 16 matchup against Arkansas, who was, I think, a major sleeper team as well. My, In my opinion, looking at the toughest region and how – or the toughest region to the final four, in my opinion, it's easily the South. You got, you got Arizona who ran through the PAC 12 out of nowhere after having a struggle season last year. You got Houston, Illinois with Coburn who looks unreal. Michigan and eh. Tennessee just won the SEC. Loyola Chicago, who in my opinion is going to upset Ohio State in the first round, even though I don't want to see that. And Villanova. The team I think nobody is talking about in the entire country, for whatever reason, is the Big East champions in Villanova. When you run through Villanova's schedule and you look at what they've done in the regular season and what they were able to do in the Big East championship was win and win consistently and win consistently against good teams convincingly and I think the only other team that was able to do that this entire year was the Kansas Jayhawks and when I tell when I tell you who has the toughest conference in all of college basketball one it's I'm always going to say the big 12 and, and it's usually sometimes the ACC but this year the ACC was just down for a lot of different reasons the big 12 every day in and day out watching games was just fun you had if you if you were playing on the road in the Big 12, it was almost impossible to win. No matter if you were Baylor, Kansas, whoever, it was fun to watch. I think the coolest game I watched all year was when Texas and uh, Beard went back to Texas Tech and didn't go too well for him. That was the coolest game. They had the blackout at Texas Tech. It was unreal. Really fun to watch. And I think you're going to see the Big 12 be really good in this entire tournament. And that's my opinion. 
Ultimately, I do have Villanova coming out of the South with with an upset over Arizona in the Elite Eight and playing Kansas in the Final Four. But we'll get on to that a little later as well. So now we've talked about the hardest. Now let's talk about a little bit of the easiest, Pat. Who has the easiest path to the Sweet 16, in your opinion, that's not a one, that's not a one seed? Uh, I would have to go with Duke just to get to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, they got to play Fullerton, whereas Zaga, if they win, they still got to play a good Boise State and or Memphis team. Um, so with that being said, I would definitely go with Duke because, again, I just – I think the NCAA is really going to screw this up. I mean, I think you're going to see Duke get so many calls in a close game and just so many. I think it's, I think it's everybody against Duke right now in terms of what the NCAA wants to happen. I can see that. I, I look at, I look at Tennessee, the way they were able to run through the SC tournament. I don't see, Many people coming out of their quadrant of Colorado State, Michigan, and Longwood. I, if Tennessee plays Tennessee basketball and the way they've been able to play, especially down the stretch, they should have zero issue and zero issue. They can struggle, and where their losses have come throughout the year is on the road and at Alabama, at Texas at Arkansas, that's where they struggle. But if they play their game, they should be more than fine. Even if they play a Michigan team who team, – teams are good. If you, make the, if you make the NCAA tournament, you're a good basketball team. And you could win any game against anybody in this entire bracket. And that's what makes this one of the coolest tournaments in the entire world, year in and year out. But if Tennessee plays their game, like I said – they're going to win this game, and it's going to be with ease. They're going to find, find themselves in a very tough matchup in the Elite Eight against, I think, is again, very, very good Villanova team who can shoot the lights out. Score points and very good on the perimeter. Controls boards. I've never seen a team get as many offensive rebounds as Villanova this year. And the way they were able to control Providence, who was pretty much the other premier team in that league until late, handled it with ease. All righty, Pat. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. We got some more topics come up, a few upsets, key games we want to talk about, all 32 picks, Final Four, and who ultimately we believe is going to win the national championship. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Blake. The Battery Podcast and Aries Fitco has partnered up, and I want you to go check out their clothing apparel. You can follow them on Instagram, A-R-E-S-F-I-T-C-O. That's Aries Fitco. All right, I welcome Pat back in here. So we've covered some interesting topics, but I think one that you always love to see is the Cinderella story, whoever that might be. I remember growing up watching Murray State, Florida Gulf Coast, teams like that, Butler. It was always fun to watch them advance in the tournament, deep in the tournament. And it just makes, it makes the whole month of March, early April, just really fun to watch. So I thought it'd be an interesting topic to bring in and Pat, I want your opinion on who's going to be the lowest remaining seed in the Sweet 16. Uh, yeah, Blake. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you bringing me back in here. Um, I've got 
two for you. I know I said one, but I got two. That's sarcasm. Think... No, never. Sure. Yeah, I love you. Um, my first one is going to be Vitek, Virginia Tech. Uh, you know they're coming off and of winning the ACC tournament, uh, and literally kicked the shit out of teams. Like, I mean, they beat Duke by like twenty. They beat UNC by twenty. I mean. I think they've got a realistic chance to make the sweet six. I mean, they've got Texas off the bat. Texas is not a high-scoring team. They're very slow. Vatek plays very fast. And then they would play the winner, Purdue and Yale, which I would believe is Purdue. And you and me both know from this year that Purdue is really hit or miss. I think Purdue is a very overrated team going into the tournament. Rodulent is the yes, correct that's, term. Yes, that's the correct term. Money stealers. And I think that's a correct term going into the tournament for Purdue. They're one of those teams that I think should do really good, but for some reason I think they're going to shit the bed in the round of 32. And I think Virginia Tech's going to be that team to beat them. Now my other one, you'll like this one. And this is an extremely hot take because they have to beat two teams that are seated six or lower. Clemson. So, nope. <laughs> uh, Chattanooga. I think you're Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga, I don't like the matchup against Illinois, and that's why I'm picking Chattanooga to beat Illinois. Just because Chattanooga can three – I mean, they can shoot the hell out of the ball. I mean, dude, they can – I mean, they score. Illinois is kind of like Purdue. I mean, very inconsistent. Very – I mean, fraudulent, like you said. That's yummy. And Houston and UAB – I think UAB is going to put up a good game against Houston, to be honest with you. But I think Houston's going to win, and I don't think Houston has the power to get past the round of 32 or much more the Sweet 16. So I've got Vatek and Chattanooga, 11 and 13. I've heard a little bit of a rumbling about Chattanooga. I think the route they have to take is troubling uh, through Illinois. I think I, I think that whole bracket on that side right there with Chattanooga, with uh, UAB to a lesser extent in Houston. I mean, Houston was one of those teams early in the year when you watched them in that Maui gym, Maui classic that was played in Las Vegas, but okay. Um, Today, you, Junior. Yeah. You looked at them, <laughs> you looked at them early and you thought, wow, this is again, another team that can make a final four run like they did last year. I don't think I can totally agree with you on Chattanooga. I do think they're a tough team. I just don't think they were dominant enough late and i think not that illinois was really but i think illinois showed enough in the regular season and i think they're a solid round two team i don't think they can beat houston uh in my opinion i'm going to kind of go against the grain for you and say that davidson is a little bit of a sleeper team i'm sorry to break your heart they have michigan state ironically i i think their toughest game is going to be the first round game. I think they're going to match up really well against Duke. I think they can score with Duke. Size and everything, I think they're fine. They ran and absolutely ran the A10 this whole entire year. Had a little bit of a slip up in the conference tournament by 2 points to a Richmond team that got hot out of nowhere, found them obviously found their way into the tournament. I know you weren't a big fan of the Richmond Spiders late, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> going back to Davidson, I, Michigan State wasn't really impressive on the road this year. They got hot at home. They had a win against Purdue, I know. But you look at some key wins that Davidson had. They beat Alabama on the road. They Early in the year, they played New Mexico State where they struggled, which is an interesting point. But looking right down the road, I mean, St. Louis, a team that just missed the tournament, destroyed them twice. The Billikens have always been a good team out of that conference. Dayton, who just fell apart, was really a bubble team, should be able to do fairly well in the NIT, did well against them as well. I think if Davidson gets past Michigan State, has a good game, and beats them five or more, I'd say, I see them in the second round being a tough, tough out against the Duke Blue Devils. Again, it's going to be so hard to want to pick against Duke right now with Coach K. You never know when his last 20 minutes are going to be. Unfortunately, I think his run's going to end in Greenville. Again, Greenville, there's going to be a ton of Duke fans there. They're going to, they're, they're all going to be there. Tickets are probably through the roof expensive, not knowing when his last game's going to be. But unfortunately for Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils, I do not see them. It's just a bad matchup for them in the second round. I also want to point out an interesting development in Murray State. That's going to be a fun game to watch in Indianapolis if they're able to get past San Francisco, assuming that Kentucky can beat St. Peter's. It's a bluegrass battle. Pat, got to love the Kentucky topic here. Bellarmine and everything. Speaking of Bellarmine, by the way, got to feel horrible for him. Buddy's Buddy's win the conference championship, gets screwed over, don't even make the tournament. Unreal. Watch out for a potential upset to find Murray State in the Sweet 16. All right, Pat, let's move on. I know both you and I have some differences in our brackets, but we both have some key games we want to talk about. Number one. I want to talk about the South Dakota State Providence game, which I think is a very interesting game right off the jump. Providence coming out of the Big East at 25 and 5, South Dakota State coming out of their conference at 30 and 4. South Dakota State did nothing but absolutely dominate and absolutely dominate their conference tournament. Games were not even close. North Dakota State in the championship game had a little bit of a run late that made it a close game, made it a six-point game. But if you'd watched, if you watched that whole game, not even close. Now you look at the Providence Friars, who looked like one of the hottest teams in the country and just couldn't do it against the good teams late. And this is the topic I bring up against with the Villanova thing and why I think Villanova is a very good and tough out. Does that make it hard on Providence against another good team. South Dakota State went 18-0 in the Summit League. Now, does that really mean much when you're playing teams like North Dakota, Omaha, St. Thomas? It's the topic of discussion. To, to really understand if, if the whole strength of schedule via conference is even really a thing. In my opinion, so far this year and in the tournament, even in the first four, it has proved to be that way with the Mountain West in the Big Ten. Providence wins the Big, the Big East at 14-3, and 25-5 overall. And 
I absolutely love watching Watson play their, their uh, center 13.8 a game dominates the boards and they have really good shooters in that Bynum kid. Do I think they run into an issue here? The only reason why I would say that is because of the spread. The spread makes zero sense. If I, if I had no clue what that was prior to this show and us talking about it, I'd probably tell you, you know, it's interesting because South Dakota State's 18-0 in their, in, in their conference. I'd have to make this at least a seven, seven and a half. When I saw it's a two, and when you usually see this, that usually means the smart money and the picks are going right towards South Dakota State which is a team that can shoot the absolute lights out. Might be the best might be the best offense in the entire country. That's an interesting game to watch and it's early one tomorrow morning. The other one I want to talk about is the Colorado Michigan Colorado State and Michigan State Michigan game, excuse me. We talked about Michigan earlier and how the Wolverines kind of just scurried their way into the tournament and didn't really deserve much. Usually when you see these type of teams that get a second breath and a second life, they find a way to do it. It's going to piss a few people off. And it wouldn't ultimately shock me if five minutes left in the second quarter or second half, excuse me, against Tennessee, assuming they beat Longwood. It's an extremely tight game for the rights to go to a Sweet 16 against possibly Arizona or excuse me, Villanova. Those are the two key games that I think you should watch. And ironically, they're going to be back-to-back tomorrow morning. Well, that's interesting, Blake. I'll tell you that much, man. Uh, I would definitely agree with you on those games. I think they're going to be really interesting, to say the least. Uh, and just building off of that, you know, I picked out two that I think are just kind of – that stick out to me. Uh, one of them is the Ohio State versus Loyola-Chicago game. I believe that Loyola Chicago should probably handle Ohio State pretty easily, to be honest with you. Um, I think there's a lot of hype on Ohio State for some odd reason, but they're just one of those Big Ten teams who was very inconsistent yet again the whole year. I mean, they went from beating the number one ranked Duke team to losing to, like, the YMCA of Greater Allegheny. So, I mean, it just it is what it is with Ohio State. Loyola Chicago has been pretty consistent, and their losses have been pretty close. Uh, the only thing that scares me is Loyola Chicago really doesn't have any significant wins except for San Francisco. So, you know, whatever that means, good for you, I guess. And my other one is actually one of my big upsets in the tournament in the first round. It's UCLA versus Akron. This Akron team is on an all-time high right now. Uh, you know, I think they're seated 13th in the ter- in the bracket. Um, and they can shoot, man, and with – with the, some of the players they got, uh, you know, we I have seen what's their face, uh, UCLA and Johnny Juzang, you know, Jules Bernard, Tyga Campbell. I've seen them all struggle. And, you know, if they catch them off and they only have one guy that's going, I think this Akron team can put up a good fight and, you know, definitely not alone cover, but probably win. I mean, I think they're one of the sleepers in the – in the uh, bracket play, but hey, we'll find out. Pat likes the zips, huh? Zip. All righty. All right, so we got a few more topics we want to cover, but we we thought it was interesting here at the, the battery. 
uh, this time around that we we wanted to keep our records. We we were gonna we're gonna tomorrow we're gonna post our brackets so all of you can keep up to date with them. Pat's gonna actually set up a Twitter page. We'll make sure we get that listed on our Instagram so you can go ahead and follow that. No. So Pat, let's uh let's go through all thirty two games. I'll uh, I'll list them off and. If you have some background you want to talk about, go ahead and do it. Uh, if not, if you just think it's a gimme game, round off the team, and I'll either agree with you or disagree with you. All right. Sounds good, bro. Tato chip. All right. So we'll start in the West. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume you're taking Georgia State to beat Gonzaga, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I, we're on the same page there. Nice. Uh, Boise, Boise. We're kidding. Boise and Memphis. I got Memphis. You know, I was all in Memphis until I saw some kid doing a TikTok and he looked like he was just not locked in. I think the premier team of the Big East, Boise State, is going to get the job done. I know I've been talking trash about the whole Mountain West. I think that's the only team that is somewhat legit. UConn, New Mexico State. Uh, you know, as much as we talked about New Mexico State, I feel like UConn's going to win that game. I agree, too. I think UConn's a decent team again out of a good conference new mexico state i think had a little tougher road to get where they wanted to be which obviously is the big dance uh with all those new teams that entered the whack and you know what shout out chicago state for having more than one win this year in the uh old conference fuck them <laughs> fire elliot charles i'm i'm in <laughs> uh arkansas vermont arkansas Back with you. Alabama and the Fighting Irish. Bama. By 50. I hope. By, by 50. I hope after tonight. Texas Tech, Montana State. Texas Tech. Red Raiders. Wow. Michigan State, Davidson. I'm going with you on this one. I like Davidson. I do too. I don't think Michigan State plays well enough on the road. I think the amount of points that – Davidson's going to be able to put up is just going to get way too much down the stretch. Davidson wins. Duke and the baseball school, Cal State Fullerton. Give me Ducky. Going to take the Dukies. Uh, Baylor so and Norfolk State. Norfolk. There you go. By 10. I think 11 and a half is a better number. That's fair. They're going to hit a half point buzzer beater. Wouldn't shock me. <laughs> North Carolina Marquette. We're going – I'm going with NC. I think so, too. Again, they I think played good be down in, the stretch. Yeah, I think they've played well. I wish they showed a little better in the AC tournament. I'd be really comfortable with them taking them over Marquette. Still going North Carolina, though. I'm with you on that. St. Mary's and Indiana. I'm going St. Mary's because I think they match up well with Indiana, and I just think they're a little better. I, think same, I, I totally agree with you there, and I think St. Mary's is a sleeper. Sweet 16 team that might even give Baylor a little run for their money to enter into the Elite Eight. Moving on, UCLA and Akron. I'm going Akron. I'm taking the zips. I uh, I know UCLA is just a weird team. And I agree with you on that. I and it's you always see the stats of where at least one four seed loses that 13. Do I think it's in this? Part of the bracket, no. I think that's where you're gonna you're gonna run into the South Dakota State issue uh, with Providence. But again, could I see it happen? hundred percent. UCLA is very streaky. I think they're gonna have 
a little salt and vinegar of the way their season ended last year on that buzzer beater in, from Gonzaga in the Final Four. I think they get past the first round against Akron. I don't see them beating uh, St. Mary's to go to the Sweet 16. Texas, Virginia Tech. VT. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think Texas has finally something to prove. And with the ranking that they gave Virginia Tech as an 11 seed, that tells me if they don't beat Duke in the ACC tournament, they do not get in the tournament. And I think that was maybe the the straw that broke the camel's back for Texas A&M. I guarantee it. Yeah, but at least their coach broke down at the podium after their first NIT game and said, oh, we guys deserve a chance. All righty, let's go to the SEC and the Ivy. Or, excuse me, Big Ten and the Ivy League. Purdue and Yale. Move on, Purdue. Right there with you. Uh, Murray State and San Fran. Murray, baby. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. So I did a, I did a bracket with uh, Brittany earlier today. Upset of the century. Ready for this? Guess, guess who she's got in the, in the uh, natty? Murray State. She's got San Francisco and Kansas going to, going to the, the ship. So, you know what? Since she's got San Francisco, I'm going to go out on the limb and say, you know what? If, she, if she's confident enough that they're going to make it to the, uh, the final four and ultimately the championship game, well, then I'm going to go with Murray State. <laughs> Eat it. Kansas and St. Peter's Peacocks. You mean Kentucky? Yes, yeah, sorry. Kentucky. Kentucky. All right, back to the top. Let's go to the south. Arizona and I believe Wright State won that game, right? With yep. So yeah. it's going to be Arizona, but I think it's going to be a lot better or and or a high scoring game than a lot of people think. So you think probably the closest 16-1 matchup we might see? Yeah, I mean, Georgia State going to get the ass kicked. Baylor should beat the hell out of Norfolk. And I think Wright State's probably the most – probably not have a chance to win, but have a chance to play a good game. More or less down seven at the half? Less. Okay. Makes it for a storyline late. TCU Seton Hall. This is a toss-up for me. I got TCU because I think they've been playing really well. And Seton Hall's been kind of like a big roller coaster team all year, and they kind of been sucking recently. So I'm going with TCU. You know, I would have loved to see this 8-9 matchup be replaced with the Boise-Memphis on that side of the bracket. If they would have put that TCU-Seton Hall game uh, matched up with Gonzaga in the second round, I could have – the way TCU plays, they're a sneaky team for whatever reason, the old Frogs. Wow. I see the Frogs winning. Scattered. <laughs> I see the Frogs winning the uh, first round, and I, I could see a five-point game with Arizona to go to the Sweet 16 very easily. Houston and the University of Alabama-Birmingham. Go Houston. Right there with you, Sweet 16 team for me. Illinois-Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Going to disagree with you there. I think Cockburn is <laughs> way too good. Um. I'm on Illinois. Colorado State, Michigan. Michigan. <sighs> Tough one for me. I think I agree. Again, I, Tennessee is going to be the premier team of that four-seeded bracket there. Easy route to the Sweet 16 for them. Uh, Tennessee, Longwood. Longwood. 
I'm kidding, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, I think I've already made my point there. Loyola, Chicago, and Ohio State. Loyola. Yeah, I've, I've picked against Loyola too many times in the last three, four years, whatever it's been, since they went back to the Final Four that one year. Uh, I think they ultimately lost to Michigan, I want to say. Um, I've picked against them way too many times, so that means if I pick them this year, they'll probably lose in the first round by like 12, which means if they win, good. It's part of my bracket. If they lose, well, great, and then they're going home. <laughs> no more, no more Crutwig. So maybe, maybe I have some reason to root for them. I just, I, every time I looked at Crutwig, I was just like, hmm, just not, not a fan. Villanova, Delaware. Nova. <clears throat> right there with you. That's a final 14 for me. Kansas and Texas Southern. Kansas. Right. Texas Southern beat AM Corpus Christi, correct? Correct. Not that it really matters, but just for the pride. Uh, I'm with Creighton. you there, Kansas. You got Creighton over San Diego State. I agree. I think they're going to beat the hell out of them. I agree, uh, especially the way San Diego State showed in the Mount West tournament, where I think they scored what 17 points in the first half, and about 10 of those points came with the last like five minutes of the half. Um, brutal basketball to watch if you watch that game. Iowa and the Witchman Spiders. I think I can. I think I know who you're going to take here. I'm riding Iowa. They're the hottest <laughs> team in college basketball. And in my bracket, I actually have them winning the Midwest. You have them getting past Kansas, huh? I have them going. I have them in one of my brackets. I have them winning it all. Do you have Kansas beating Creighton in the second round? I do. I have an Iowa and Kansas. Uh, Sweet 16. Sweet 16. And I've got Iowa versus Auburn in the final or Elite Eight. Who do you have? Okay. Well, okay, we'll get to that point then. Uh, so we just went over Iowa and Richmond. I agree with you on Iowa. Providence and South Dakota State. SDSU, baby. Going to be a tough game. I, I want to say Providence so bad. I'm going to say Providence, but it wouldn't shock me. The spread, again, no sense, none at all. And usually when you see that kind of stuff, people are lining up at the ticket counter just to lose, I, usually. Alrighty, uh, interesting game here. And I think of easy potential for a 6-11 upset. LSU has been going through the absolute ringer versus an Iowa State team. If you actually look at both these team schedules, they literally had the same exact year. They both started off hotter than hot, looked like easy bracket teams, and then kind of ended just eh. 22-11 for LSU, 20-12 for Iowa State. Who do you have in this game? Oh, and might I mention LSU's head coach is Agonzo. Uh, you know, personally, I still think LSU is going to beat Iowa State here. Um, Iowa State, if I had to pick one out of these two, I think Iowa State's been the colder team. Um, so with that being said, I'm just going to go with LSU. I, it's, I think it's a toss-up, and I don't really care who wins. My bracket I'm, does, but I don't. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the tougher conference, in my opinion. And I still think, like I said before, the Big 12 was a gauntlet this year, game in and game out for whoever you played, top to bottom. I'm going to go with Iowa State. And I think Iowa State, depending on who they play in the second round, I think this could be a potential matchup for an 11-14 game in the second round with Colgate. But we'll go to that game next. Who do you, who do you like in that Wisconsin-Colgate game? Pat? Depends which Wisconsin team shows up. You know, if uh... – 
They're not hitting the anything. Colgate is a, like a Chattanooga for me. They shoot the ball extremely well. They just don't have anybody inside. So, I mean, that could be an issue. But I, I personally picked Colgate in this Wisconsin game. I think that's going to be one of your bigger upsets in the tournament. Yeah, you look at Colgate in from three-point land, they absolutely just shoot the lights out. They average 76 points per game, which is ranks 59th overall in the country. And they don't allow a lot of points. And so it's going to be interesting against Wisconsin. Colgate is a very senior-laden team. Very. And you look at their schedule, and I know they're in the Patriot League, which doesn't garner much respect. But when you haven't lost a game since January 31st, or 28th, excuse me, 31st is when they went on the win streak. Yes, it might be against subpar competition that you throw a team like Wisconsin in that league and they do the same exact thing. Colgate, Colgate is a very frustrating team to play against because they slowed the game down. And if they, they're able to slow the game down and still average that 70 points per game-ish, Wisconsin's going to have a brutal time. And that's why I agree with you on Colgate here. And I think you're either going to see Colgate or Iowa State in a Sweet 16 against Auburn, and that's going to give Auburn not much. I, uh, Auburn's should – if Auburn does not make at least the Elite Eight against a potential matchup against Kansas, Iowa, uh, maybe a Providence – teams like that, if they don't reach the Elite Eight, I think this is a complete failure for them because I can see the amount of upsets that lead up into that. So we're going to both go with Colgate there. Uh, USC and Miami. Uh, I like USC in this one. I think this is one of the most interesting games in the bracket. Two very contrasting styles of play. Uh, USC very fast. Miami might take them 35 seconds just to get past half court if you ever watch them play. So I think if you ever, which team can play their game better. And I think in my opinion, who'd you take in this USC? Yep. I was leaning that way. I think I'm going to lean the other way. Uh, I have Miami written down on the sheet. Is it one of those games where I could scratch it out and throw a little Southern California on there? Maybe uh, right now, when I look at the matchup, I really like Miami. And I just I, I needed an upset in this bracket that wasn't just Iowa State and the Midwest, so I went with them. And lastly, we have Auburn and Jacksonville State. Well, if you're booking with Trent, you got Jacksonville State apparently for thousand dollars. This is true. Speaking of which, um, my dad's going to be down at the Superbook tomorrow, and I told him I said I said you got to go find Trent. So I'm, I'm hopefully going to have a conversation with good old Trent tomorrow, which will be interesting. I'll add you on to the call, I promise. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up with a final four and a natty pick. Uh, I'll bring our producer in here. I believe he made a bracket as well. Is that correct, Mike? I did. Very good. All righty. So I'll start with Pat. We'll go to Mike, and then I'll wrap up with myself. Uh, Pat, give me your final four, uh, your national championship game, and then your national championship winner, and then we'll go to Mike. Yeah, uh, so my final four is Gonzaga, and they're going to be facing Virginia Tech. 
And I'm going Arizona and Iowa on the other side. And then I've got Iowa versus Gonzaga in the championship, and Iowa's winning. Bargain for a few upsets. Mike, who you got in the final four? I went with a bunch of gimme picks. Um, I got Gonzaga against Baylor. I have Nova against Kansas. And then my championship game, I have Baylor and Kansas. Kansas winning it all. I like it. I, and I think I have a few similarities there. Out of the West, I do like Gonzaga. Would I, would I be shocked that you see a Texas Tech or a Duke? Not at all. I think it would be Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech with them being able to play Montana State, should win that without an issue. They could run into an issue. Bama's one of those teams, as we talked about earlier, if they're able to shoot the lights out, they're going to beat you, and they're going to beat any team in this entire country. Still makes them very dangerous. If, it's the, if, the, if the ball's not going to the bottom of the basket that night, then it's not going to be a good, good night for them. Gonzaga out of the West, uh, Kentucky out of the East, Baylor's just too banged up. They're still a very good team. Was still a number one seed most of the season until Gonzaga just ran away with it. I think it matches up well for Kentucky, especially with a potential upset of Baylor uh, with North Carolina in the second round. I look at the other lower seeds in that bracket with uh, UCLA, St. Mary's, which I think is a dangerous team as well. I think Kentucky is the should be the cream of the crop uh, out of the East. Going to the South, again, I agree with you on that, Mike, with Villanova. Not too many people are talking about Villanova. Ironically, I'm wearing an Arizona shirt right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm going Villanova out of the South and Kansas out of the Midwest. In the Final Four, or excuse me, the National Championship game, I have Kentucky against the Jayhawks, and I have the Jayhawks cutting down the nets. I think when you're able to control – as many games as they did and the defense that they have, I think Kansas has put all the pieces together. They have the coach to do it. They have the players to do it. In my opinion, they have one of the easiest routes other than Auburn. If, I, if they get past Auburn, I think they can get past Villanova, and I think they can get past Kentucky or Gonzaga if they see them there. But I think Kentucky wins that part of the bracket, and I think Kansas wins – the right side of the bracket and ultimately Kansas cuts down the nets. Well, that is going to do it for us. I know it was a little long show, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back at the end of the week. Pat and I are going to, and Mike, we're all going to sit down watch the games, see how they unfold. And we'll have 16 teams remaining. Hopefully we have some good upsets. Uh, hopefully we don't have to tear up our brackets too early, but that's what makes March fun. And particularly this tournament. We'll be back next week, Sunday, with some NIT coverage, the big dance coverage, might even jump into a few NFL topics with Deshaun Watson, depending whether he's gone or not. I know some major splashes in Major League Baseball with Chris Bryant and a few other players, Freddie Freeman, have signed a day with Colorado and the Dodgers. Um, but again, that's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure you go check out Aries Fitco, as we previously stated. And we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you on Sunday. Bye.